Yeah, before we start off, I must say, how do you not get hyped by hearing that intro song? That intro song has been around for me, for this channel, for over a year and a half now, and it still gives me goosebumps. It still gives me hype. Senores y senores! What is going on, guys? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. It is Wednesday, June 30. We're at the end of another month. Guys, we are halfway through 2021. Can you guys believe that? The year after the craziest year in, in, in human history, 2020, we're halfway done, 2021. That is absolutely wild. But it is June 30th. This is the final day of June. Uh, happy, welcome, everyone, into Oin Philly Sports. This is the show for everything Philadelphia sports with your boy, El Parcero Philly, the uniter of all things sports and culture here in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. What is up, YouTube? What is up, Twitch? What is up, TikTok? What is up, uh, Twitter? What is up, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify? If you're listening to this on, on a podcasting streaming site, what is going on? Uh, seriously, thank you so much for tuning on in. Before we move forward on to today's episode where we got a lot to talk about, I lit I'm literally going to touch upon all five sports yet again. Back-to-back -back days, we're going to touch upon all five sports. So, guys, before we move forward, do not forget to like the live, subscribe to El Parcero Philly's YouTube channel, and make sure you also do subscribe to Oi and Philly Sports. You can find this podcast wherever you stream podcasts, from Apple, Google, Spotify, all the above. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, guys. Well, I hope everyone had it. Was, is having a great 24 hours. Uh, I want to talk a little about that last night in the NBA playoffs before we start because, my God, man, the Atlanta Hawks, those guys drive me up a freaking wall. To think that we are sitting on our couches watching the Eastern Conference Finals and watching Atlanta doing what Atlanta is doing, it is absolutely crazy. Last night, they had no Trey Young. Now, I think we can all agree that Trey Young is a good reason and majority of the reason why Atlanta is in this Eastern Conference Finals and they beat us, the Sixers, the number one seed. They had no Trey Young last night. And in the A, uh, the guy stepped up. And would you believe former Sixers player Lou Williams, who again stepped up similarly to how he stepped up, was it in game number six against us here in Philadelphia? Or game, uh, was it? No, it was game five. I'm sorry. In game five, where we blew the lead and, and Lou Will absolutely came up and stepped up big for Atlanta. He stepped up big last night for Atlanta as well as they got themselves the 110 88 win over the Milwaukee Bucks, an absolute route. Now, the story is not that Trey Young missed and Lou Will absolutely stepped up and and played his lights, his game out. He played it. It was it was vintage Lou Will. But um, the fact that Giannis went down in the second half now um, last night, guys, you know me, Philly sports is my priority. So I was I had the Phillies game on. I, I tuned into the, the Eastern Conference finals during the commercials because I hate commercials. Um, and the minute I turn the game on to the Bucks and the Hawks, the minute I turn it on, Giannis gets the knee injury. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, no, I don't want to see Giannis go down. For one thing, I want to see the stars. And like I, having Kawhi Leonard out in the Western Conference Finals, it sucks as well. You're not getting the best, best possible product out there. But man, that was an ugly injury and i really really thought that he he was done for the whole series the minute that happened i said it he's done for the rest of the series now i think that the word and the uh the, the um the ruling on whether or not he'll play for the rest of the, the series is still up in the air i'm sure he's probably going to miss game five i it was just nasty the way when when your knee when when you land your knee buckles back that is just oh 
that, that literally I grabbed my knee because I felt that pain there. So he went down. The Hawks took advantage of it, and they got the dub there. Man, this series is very interesting. I, it could either go both ways. It could go the Hawks' way. It could go the Bucks' way. This is entertaining basketball. And honestly, even if the Sixer, Sixers were in this Eastern Conference Finals, man, I still don't see how that we have that. We don't have that dog mentality, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but I want to talk about some Sixers later on today. But man, oh man, the 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 Bucks. If they don't have Giannis, it they're in trouble. Drew uh, Drew Holiday had a, a great great performance yesterday. Hit twenty one points, doing what he can to kind of help uh, the Bucks win last night. But unfortunately, it just was not enough for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. What is going on, Procini? prod what is happening welcome to oil philly sports my man we got matt bear in the building what's going on my man how you doing uh how about watching the halves in the stanley cup final nah eh. phillies bro phillies philly sports all day i'll, I'll probably keep, check it out for a second but the phillies have my attention right now and they're winning right now and uh aaron Nola doesn't look too bad as logan is reminding us here phillies are ahead that is correct Aaronola going strong. He's 20th career double digit strikeout game. Oh, 16 at Citizens Bank. Oh, very nice. Uh, my my July World Tour starts tomorrow. It already started for you. You were just in Baltimore and Houston last week or two weeks ago, man. Uh, awesome stuff. Oh, wait. Looks like Indians and Astros game will be wet, but a good game. Hey, that definitely sounds like a, Indians actually are. Aren't they back on the rebuild? I haven't watched the Indians in a while, man, but it should should be interesting. Uh, I see you with that fresh cut. You haven't seen my fresh cut yet. Now I'm 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 hiding what's under my hat here, guys. You guys don't know what's going on under here. I'm holding that as a surprise. So if you follow me on TikTok, you might want to stay tuned tomorrow to see what the heck is under this hat. Y'all ain't ready for this. <laughs> I'm excited. Mets are down five to two to the Braves. Let's go, Braves. We need Atlanta to beat um the Mets a couple times. I don't I lost track. I was watching a little bit. Um, of that game last night. I saw Lugo on the mound, and then I, I went back to the fills here. Let's see what's going on with TikTok here. Uh, Sixers out, Philly slacking. Uh, Brianna, go Union. We got we got a top team in, 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 in Philadelphia here with the Philadelphia Union. It's still not Eagle season. I'm sorry, but it's not. Noel's having a great outing with AKs. Let's go. That is correct. We got the Phillies game right in front of us here. What an absolute performance. But, of course, uh, I will keep you guys um, posted of what goes on in this this game, just kind of like how we did yesterday um, in Oyen Philly Sports. Of course, Aaron Nola Watch is on, for sure on, on our radar here as they've gone through five, I believe, here. I'll double-check once I get back from commercial here. But I want to talk a little bit, little, little bit about yesterday as we beat the Miami Marlins in the first game. Now, look, when we face off against the Marlins, I am never feeling too comfortable because the Marlins are a scrappy team that always, always, always somehow finds a way to bite us in the booty, right? So last night was a 4-3 win, but it was another scary night. This was not an easy night. This The Phillies literally make nothing easy for us. Every time you watch the Philadelphia Phillies, you literally have a, a, you don't have an ounce of positivity in your mind. How can you sit here and say, my Phillies got this? Oh, we got this. Even against the worst teams in baseball, I don't feel ever confident watching the Phillies play. And last night, you have a team that they were hitting. Vince Velasquez, Vince Velasquez, Vinny V, my man, the Philly sports guy loves to say when when double V's on the mound, you don't get a double U. Well, when you put double V up against the Miami Marlins, you're going to get plenty of double U's because this is the second this is the second start where I felt like Vinny V 
was was in command. He had the command of the strike zone. He had confidence, and it didn't look like nothing was in his mind. The main issue I have with Vince Velasquez is his own goddamn self because Vinny, when he's up there, I feel like there are times where he looks like, yes, he could be a top-of-the-rotation starter, but then he allows these 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 things, these thoughts creep in his head, and he, he lets it get by him. But last night... I loved what I saw. Seven strikeout innings. He only had two hits allowed, and he had seven strikeouts. Ladies and gentlemen, you get that from Vince Velasquez, and more nights than one, you will get the dub for sure. And I was I was thoroughly pleased uh, that he had that absolute great outing yesterday. Um, it, it's again, it, it, we just keep we got to keep putting him out there against the Miami Marlins, and he's gonna he's gonna have some great uh, outings there, as it looks like. Uh, we got a foul ball on the play there. I thought that thought that looked like a homer. You got to check on those, right? Uh, but but by far, Vince Velasquez was was the biggest uh, positivity last night. And then you get some solid run support, right? So you get to start it off. You get a Andrew McCutcheon RBI single, um, and then you get a Reese Hoskins home run, uh, and then you get Odubel Herrera who helps you out with an RBI double, and then on a pair of not one but two wild pitches. He takes advantage of it. He steals himself a couple of uh, bases, and he gets himself uh, the fourth run of the night. And you're up four to nothing. And, and Vince Velasquez is fin- he just finishes up his seventh inning. Everything is all peachy, except we're Phillies fans. We're not stupid. We know what the heck is going on. Connor Brogdon comes into the eighth inning, and it, look, it wasn't terrible uh, what Connor Brogdon was doing. And listen, I I love Connor Brogdon, and I think he's got solid stuff on that left big left arm. Um, but it's you know he starts with walking um, John Birdie, right? He walks John Birdie, who would then steal second after JT Real Muto would try to run him down, but Gene Segura could not handle that ball, and he couldn't get him out. That was that 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 was definitely definitely key, right? So then uh, he, he uh, Connor Brogdon walks Garrett Cooper. Um, which would then <laughs> Joe Girardi being Joe Girardi decides, you know what? We need to bring out Jose Alvarado for another multiple inning save. Why? Just why do you need to put him out there for multiple innings? I, I'll get to, I'll get to that in a second, but he puts out Jose because obviously you're going up against Chaz Chisholm. You want yourself a lefty going up against another lefty. And it, he, <laughs> it, it got really dicey. It really got really dicey with Jose Alvarado. Um, he would uh, have another wild pitch that would bring in a run. Birdie would come in in that instance. Uh, he would find himself find a way to get out of that inning, but it's four to one. In the ninth inning, he allows a two-run home run to Adam Duvall, and you're just like, it's done. You, you're automatically, I don't care who you are, it, you thought to yourself, it's over. It's over. He's <laughs> Jose Alvarado's about to blow this game, right? Uh, he finds a way to get out of it, and he saves the game. Surprisingly, he gets himself a four-out save. Man, Jose Alvarado, sorry, perdóname, really saved Joe Girardi's booty yesterday because, my God, what that was a wild pitch, Holloway. Holy crap. Um, as Aaron Nola gets on, on first with a walk there, now it is man on first and second with no outs in the bottom of the fourth with the Phillies already up four to two. They're putting the youngster Halloway in a tough, tough predicament here early tonight, and I'm here for it. I absolutely love it here. Um, but Mike, my, my, so a couple things with the pitching on this night because obviously this is this is where my my problem lies with the Phillies on 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 Tuesday night, right? So for me, look, I understand this whole um, the way 
pitchers are handled in today's day and age, right? These these pitchers are they start at a very young age. We're talking like nine, ten years old. They're already throwing, you know, sixty miles an hour. If it feels like, and they're putting so much work into that arm. And as every level they go up in baseball, um, all the way up to the majors, you're 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 thinking about that. You're thinking about the wear and tear on, on these arms. I know about the whole hundred pick pitch count for starters. But there was once upon a time where these pitchers used to throw 120 pitches a start. Now, I'm not saying that Vince Velasquez should have stayed out there and, and pitched 120 pitches. But my God, he got through seven pitches. Or I'm sorry. He got through seven innings with just 96 pitches. Me? Yeah, I want to see him out there in the eighth inning. Yes, I want to see him out there in the eighth inning. He gave you seven scoreless with only two hits, seven strikeouts from Vince Velasquez. Yeah, I would have thrown him out there for a third of an inning. Why the hell not? Two-thirds of an inning? Why the hell? If he finishes the, the eighth inning, go ahead. And then you know what happens? You can put Jose Alvarado for a, a conventional save, a three-out save. Now, that's one part of it. Another part of it is, okay, you want to put a, a lefty out there um, against against Jazz Chisholm? I get that. I hundred percent get that. We do have other lefties in this bullpen. Maybe put Ranger Suarez out there. I mean, I, obviously Joe's got a plan for the week. He probably wants to put Ranger in different situations. But I mean, man, I would have I would have rather see Connor Brogdon finish it out there. I, I just I just feel I just wanted to see him finish it out there. I would have rather see him out there. But anything, literally, I would have rather see anything. Anything, anything. I would have rather see Vince Velasquez in the eighth inning. I would have rather see Connor Brogdon finish in the eighth inning. I would have rather see uh, Ranger Suarez come out for that one inning. I would have rather see anything but Jose Alvarado go for a multiple inning save. And that is my point. And these are this is why game in and game out, we are sitting in front of each other and we are criticizing Joe Girardi. It's not because we hate, we're looking for someone to hate. It's because night in and night out, over 162 games. Well, obviously he hasn't managed for 100 a full 162 game season. But there's always something that he does that you're just like, "What the hell, Joe? You how did you win a World Series? How did you win manager of the year with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball?" I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But the fact of the matter is we got the, we got the job done, and that's that's the positive right there. We we were able to get out of it. Jose was able to get the four-out save. Vinny looked great, and you got just enough runs. Reese Hoskins, ladies and gentlemen, is so annoying. Uh, I can't explain how annoying uh, Reese Hoskins is. His first at-bat, it was a terrible run out. He got outran by a pitcher. Don't give me this. All oh, the pitchers were, were, were athletes at one point. They were the best athletes on the, on the field at one point. Don't give me that crap. Do not give me that crap. It's Trevor freaking Rodgers. Reese Hoskins should be outrunning Trevor Rodgers. Don't give me that crap. Do not give me that crap. Second at-bat, he gets struck out. He he cut he he's he's out there catching flies with with low sliders, <laughs> but then on the third at bat he shuts us all up and he hits a home run, a solo homer to go put us up two nothing. He's so annoying, and this is why I say let's trade Reese Hoskins because I can't deal with this up and down roller coaster that is Reese Hoskins bat. 
And then to top it all off, to put the cherry on top of the Reese Hoskins inconsistency, he's a terrible fielder. Now, I can't criticize him on this night because at the top of my head, I can't think of anything that he really did to kind of kill, kill us defensively. But he is so inconsistent, man. So inconsistent. And right now, the mentality of Phillies fans, you cannot blame us, is every night we're watching this team and we're just waiting for something bad to happen. This isn't just being Negadelphians. This is just we're reacting to the product that is thrown to us as the consumers. And us, the consumers, we're tired of this crap. You know what I mean? As we got now, no outs still. They, we have a pitching change as Hallow Halloway's day has ended for the Miami Marlins. And it looks like I can't think of this. I can't see this pitcher's name here, but it's pop. Is it pop lock and drop it? <laughs> I have too much fun sometimes, guys. I swear to God. <laughs> no, that's not what I wanted. Today's the, there we go. Here we go. Let's find out what's going on. Let's find out what's going on here, shall we? We got pop up on the mound. Let's see if we can get a pop up here. It's actually pretty. Yeah, MLB.com. You need to fix your graphics there. And as well, we get it. We get a run, we get a, a runner runners advance to third and second, but a double will get out on the ground out. So we got one out now with solid situation here, which I believe Gene Segura is up to bat. If I'm not mistaken, the Phillies are definitely working. We is working here. All right, let me see. How's this? How does this work? Um, interesting. No, uh, no, that's not what I need. Ah, oh, here we go. Okay, so he only went three three innings. He allowed four earned runs, and he had five strikeouts. Pretty solid, but uh, yeah, man, four earned runs. That's not going to cut it, my friend. So we got pop in the building here. Gene Segura up to bat. With with two outs, so yeah, the mentality right now with us Phillies fans, we don't we don't know what to think. You know, it's crazy. You're watching the eighth inning. You know, Brogdon has two batters on, and then Jose Alvarado comes in, and he's making things really even more nervous nervousness nervousing for us. Um, and you, they, the camera for uh, NBC Sports is showing the the crowd in Citizens Bank and the fans, and you're seeing fans just like have a face of just pure panic. Ooh, that's fair. Wait, is that fair or foul? That's going to be a foul ball, but that that hit inside. Whatever. And you're just seeing these faces of panic, and you're just like, like you, all you can think about is when is the when are the Phillies going to blow the sleep? And that's all you can think about, and that sucks. We don't want to think like that as Phillies fans. Why? Why can't they just make this easy for us? Why? Why do they blow so many leads? Why? 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 Someone please answer me. Uh, Indians are forty and thirty-three, and Astros have the best record in the NL and the AL. Indians are forty and thirty-three. Yo, shout to Terry Francona. My God, not bad. Sadly, the Mets are my team until the Giants start off in August. Oh man. Shouts to Chase. We got the pickle juice. If Chase is, is in here. <laughs> I don't want string. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This cup is broken. I almost cut myself. Holy crap. We almost witnessed a, a little, little, little incision here. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. 
Um, I have not watched one game of the NHL playoffs. Um, I've watched some of the Easter, the, I don't know what you call it. I guess I saw some of the lightning and Islander series. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it's, it's tough for me to watch the playoffs when my teams aren't in it, because all I can think about is why the hell aren't my teams in it? So it's hard for me to watch Eastern and Western conference finals in the NBA because the Sixers aren't in it. And it's hard for me to watch the, the Stanley cup playoffs because the flyers didn't even make it. I, it's just hard for me to watch it. And to your point, man, uh, Matt, I'll be watching the Phillies in, in the Union when the Eagles are here as well. That's just so. I, so for me, like I know you love to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, but I prioritize the Phillies um, and the Union over the NBA and the NHL playoffs. And I get it because my girlfriend's brother, who I talk a lot of sports on a day to day uh, basis, he's really into the NBA playoffs and he's watching every game uh, right now downstairs. Actually, he has a. Uh, uh, of Devin Booker and a, and a Chris Paul NBA Jam t-shirt that I have to bring down to him down to the shore this weekend, which I'm not looking forward to because I'm going to have actual Suns merchandise in my car, which is not okay. Only Philly sports stuff, but it's all good. It's all good. That's just how I'm wired. I just, I can't get into the, I'll, I'll watch, you know, casually, you know, on a weekend night and I'm having a beer with people. I'll casually watch it, but I'm not really invested into the NBA or the NHL playoffs. Um, Harper's 444 nuke. Oof. Man, I saw, I heard about that. I didn't watch that homer, but I heard about it. Shoney Otani, two-third innings, seven runs allowed, four walks, 1K. He was awful. That is terrible. That's even worse for the field. Oh, there you go, Gene. Go, go, go. Hey, we got one. 5-2 fills. Gene Segura with another RBI. Could he possibly be upping his value here? I'm here for it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please say what is up to my man, NY NYS Central, ladies and gentlemen. Are you guys watching Stanley Cups together? Zach Pop. Zach Pop. Um, you see the standoff before the game? I did not. Standoff between who? Segura, let's get it. That is right. Let's get it. I love it. What's up, TikTok? What you guys got going on here? Uh, Greece. Real Muto got snub and all-star. Ah, I was gonna listen. His numbers are pretty similar to last year. Um, through with that through 60 games. Um, JT, I think he's played so far this year. Uh, he's got uh I saw the stats earlier today. He's got some he's got similar numbers to what he had last year. Obviously, last year he only played he played in a shortened season, but um I don't think he's an all-star. At least not this year, man. That's just me, man. We can't trust Naris and Al Alvarado all the time. Yeah, it sucks, man. Imagine if we had a closer. And you know what the thing is? Is that everyone is looking for closers. They're so hard to find. But imagine if we did. Um, Jay Bo, I don't know what your name is, but you're getting blocked. We don't say the R word here, man. You can come troll if you want, but you're not going to use the R word here. Uh, Segura, that is right. How about Gene Segura? Let's go, baby. Yeah, who are you guys playing in NYS Central? The the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, ladies and gentlemen. Because to be quite honest with you guys, I'm I'm still recovering from the Mark Zumoff news. That killed me. The timing for Zoomoff is Zoomoff's news could have come in a in a, in a more uh, unfortunate time, with the fact that we have to witness what we witnessed with the Sixers 
and we're we have no basketball and then he throws us this crap that he wants to retire it sucks it definitely sucks so i'm still i'm still reeling off of that news but um today we had some sixers news i guess some big news it's big enough that espn made it a headline news um ceo of the harrison blitzer sports and entertainment company um scott o'neill this has uh resigned and I guess this was going to be in the works. This is something that was discussed uh, over the past couple months with with O'Neill and the uh, Harris and the Blitzer guys. Um, but yeah, he's going on to new things. He's been here since 2013. Uh, you know, obviously managing what sports stuff that they had in the Harris and Blitzer organization. Um, but I'm here to say, who the f cares? I could care less that he resigned. To be quite honest, with you guys. Um, when I think about this ownership group, it drives me nuts. And and I'm re- and I, as I'm reading the ESPN article this today, he he all he cared about. He's an ultimate businessman. He's he was one time uh, part of the New Jersey Nets sales team. Um, I believe he was part of the Eagles sales team. He's been all over. It sounds like he's a Jersey guy. He's been all over uh, Philadelphia, Jersey, New York. Um, and he he's just a businessman. He knows how to make money. That's pretty much his thing. Uh, he said it as in his exit interview, I guess his job was part of uh, getting this super growth for the Sixers, essentially increasing the 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 money in the bank account for the Sixers ownership group. And that was his job. And he did that to to, to perfection, if you ask me. I mean, this all of this, the Sixers, the Devils, Crystal Palace, man, the worth of those teams have has gone up exponentially since those guys took over all those teams. Um, but that's my point. I that's why I hate this ownership group. Just you know, reading Scott Harris's exit stuff and and this articles about him leaving, it's what they are. Like they just look at all these teams as cash cows. And to think that these guys own not only the Sixers, but they own a rival to the Philadelphia sports market in the New Jersey Devils. Like that's cold. <laughs> that's real cold. Like like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how you could compare this. Like, imagine if someone owned the, like, if Jeffrey Lurie owned the Eagles, but then he's like, yeah, I'm going to dabble into the Penguins. I'm going to own the Penguins as well. We would all get pissed off at Jeffrey Lurie. And these guys have literally been doing this for the last, was it, uh, eight years? And we have to live with it. And not on top of that, not only does he own the New Jersey Devils, a team that we hate here, fondly here in Philadelphia. But he owns Crystal Palace over in England in the Premier League, the biggest league, one of the biggest leagues in the world, at least bigger than the NFL. And it, I know you guys don't give a crap. Well, majority of you guys here in Philadelphia don't give a crap about soccer. But Crystal Palace, watching Crystal Palace has been a team that has underachieved at least over the last half decade. You got a, a star stud player in Wilfred Zaha and you fail to build around him. You fail to develop good young talent. Like a team like Crystal Palace should be a team that develops young talent, flips it for money, and continues that pace. And you know, you compete for Europa League. You know, you, you compete for some young stud players throughout throughout the world. Because when you're the Premier League, you're a middle of the pack Premier League club. You should be able to go buy those players. And the Harris and the Blitz, the Harris Blitz company, they botch everything. Every single one of their teams overachieved. The Sixers over. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Every single one of their teams underachieve. The Sixers underachieve, the Devils underachieve, and Crystal Palace underachieves. So I'm I hate I don't I hate this group. I honestly hate this group. And 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 to think, but like once upon a time, Sixers Nation, we were spoiled with Croce. Pat Croce was amazing. 
Pat Croce understood people. He understood how the Sixers Sixer fan worked because he he's a diehard Sixers fan since he grew since he was growing up in this area. Shouts to Maple Shade. And he would do the things that you would want owners to do. Hang out on tailgates. You know, I, I love the story I heard him. Um, he he was on with Tom McGinnis in the Sixers podcast. You know, in the first year that he bought the team, I think it was like 90, 95, 94, 95, 96, something like that in the middle of the 90s. The Sixers were in a bad spot. They were terrible, right? They had no good young star players. They were near the bottom in attendance. He decides we need to get into the community. We need to we need to like let people know that we mean business with this team. And what does what does Croce do? He grabs a crap ton of t-shirts, crap ton of hats. He goes into to Philadelphia. He finds the blue collar people working, gives them free Sixers merchandise. And you know what that did? That created a little buzz with this team with the team back then. And uh, over time, he started building a good team for, for the Sixers. And of course, we got Allen Iverson. Of course, a one happened. But he understood. He put those building blocks in place. The Blitzer and Harris people, they I, I, you never see them. They don't even... I've, I, I even question sometimes if they generally care about this team. They, they see the NBA. They see the market that is Philadelphia. And they view it as a cash cow. They don't view it as a Sixers. We are just a cash cow for the Harrison Blitz company. That drives me crazy. Now, I will say that they do they will spend some money because obviously, you know, they they last fall season, they go out and get Daryl Morey, they go out and get Doc Rivers, right? Um, the, you know, the, before we traded for Jimmy Butler, right? We made a move for Jimmy Butler. We've thrown money at players like Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you name it. But I hate this. I hate this ownership group. I absolutely hate this ownership group. I don't like the way they handle things. I just don't. I, and I and I would love for them to leave. But I know they're not going to leave. And whoever's the next CEO, I don't care about you because I know what you're here for. You're here to make the Harrison Blitz Company some money, some moolah. And you guys know that Will Smith is actually a part owner of the Sixers. Did you guys know that? When was the last time you saw Will Smith at a Sixers game? Don't answer that. All right, let's move on, guys, to some of the prized possessions of the Harrison Blitz Company that has made them a lot of money, a quote-unquote star player for the Sixers, and that is Benjamin Simmons. We have discussed Benjamin Simmons at nauseating uh, effect for over the past two weeks since we've been eliminated, and, 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 and rightfully so. Ben Simmons is one of the majority reasons why I'm, I'm sitting here on my couch watching the Hawks instead of the Sixers play the Bucks. How about today? Yo, how about today, right? So I'm waking up. I'm you know slowing to get to work, right? And I and I, and I scroll down and I see the headline on my phone: Ben Simmons buys California home that is worth seventeen and a half million dollars. <laughs> what? What? You just had an embarrassing playoffs, right? Everyone is trying to. Everyone is coming at you. Everyone is questioning. Your competitive edge, uh, questioning your manhood, and you want to buy a house out in California? My dude, you're about to be out of the league in five years if you don't get your act together. And you're spending $17.5 million on a home in California. That should just tell you everything. That should just tell you everything of who Ben Simmons, the person, the player is. He doesn't care. 
He does not care. He's not going to change. And this is why I'm telling you guys, I am off the Ben Simmons bandwagon. Ben Simmons needs to be traded. I don't care how we do it. I, I, I don't care what young what young killer you give us. I, I'll take anything at this point for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons does not care. And why should we? Why should we care about Ben as well? So I did did a little digging around, guys, today. Not only just with the with the real estate, you know, checking out the California real estate. Obviously, Ben wants to go out there. He he's he's a California kid through and through. It's uh, it's evident. But I decided to take a stroll down memory lane. Now, in the process years, I was a much different fan. I was a much different person. And when I saw star players, I was in awe. And I was enamored with these star players. And all I wanted was for these young star college players to play for my Philadelphia 76ers. When Andrew Wiggins was in was in Kansas, I was winless for Wiggins. I wanted Andrew Wiggins in a Sixers uniform. And, of course, it did not happen because Joel Embiid got hurt, but thank God he did. We would have had we we would have had and uh, would we have Andrew Wiggins? We would have, we would have had Jabari Parker. That, that's what I will say because I think if that draft would have worked a little bit different, um, Joel would have went number one to Cleveland, Wiggins would have went number two to Milwaukee, and then Jabari would have fell to the Sixers at three. And it could have got could have went way worse because imagine if we would have had Jabari Parker, another player who could who could never stay healthy. And it's unfortunate Jabari Parker is out of the league because he would have been a stud player if he would have just stayed healthy. But I, so I decided to look at the 2016 NBA draft. And I started to go back into memory lane. I started looking at a lot of these draft, um, you know, reports and and all that good stuff, the grades, the pre-draft stuff, and obviously 2016. That was the draft that it was Ben versus uh, Brandon Ingram, right? Who's going to go number one? It was really number one was really down to those two guys. And the Sixers really all along knew they were going to go with Ben Simmons. But obviously they had to do their due diligence to look at Brandon Ingram. And there was a really, really serious thought that maybe, maybe, just maybe the Sixers might go with Brandon Ingram. But instead, the Sixers decided to go with Ben Simmons. And obviously the rest is history. Um, we can make the discussion. We could debate whether or not we would rather have gone with Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons. Um, I think at this point, I think we all want Brandon Ingram because at least Brandon Ingram could help you at some sort of capacity uh, on offense. Um, but that was really the debate going forward. Um, and I was looking at some of the, the, the reports and I kind of wanted to tell you guys because it's very telling on what is going on here now in, in the NBA here with Ben Simmons. So one of the reports was Ben balled out against some against some bad teams, and that was where his best game. So against Vanderbilt in that one year he played at, at, at LSU, he dropped 36 points with 14 boards. Whew, it's crazy, right? Um, against North Florida, I didn't even think LSU would play against North Florida. Against North Florida, he dropped 43 points with 14 rebounds. That was against North Florida. So two bad teams, he's dropping over 30 points in those games. Sounds sound familiar. Ben Simmons in the regular season against bad teams. He likes to have those those nice triple doubles. Yeah. All right. So we move on. Ben Simmons in his one year at LSU shot one for three from the three point line. And the consensus around Ben Simmons was the jumper was broken. Um, he needs to develop it. He had no interest in developing it in college. And if he goes into the pros, in the beginning of his career, that's going to be the one thing that everyone's going to be looking at. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
is is Ben Simmons going to fix that jumper? And obviously, after five years, I think it's safe to say to answer that, no, he did not fix that jumper. <laughs> but one for three. He attempted one. He, he got one, right? He got one three in his college career, which is probably a garbage time three like he's done here in the NBA. But that, that was something that was talked about in college. Uh, the mechanics were not complete, and uh, the mechanics were not completely off. And I still don't think that they are completely off. But I will say that I do think that Ben Simmons is shooting with the wrong hand. And I've said this over a year now. And I think that it's too late for him to fix it. And I, it's not, it's not that it's too late for him to fix it. I just think it's too late for him to give a damn to fix the the shot. I think he's shooting with the wrong hand. And I think in a, in a perfect world. Ben Simmons would be more efficient, more comfortable shooting the three or shooting in general, even a free throw if he shot with his right hand instead of his left. Competitive edge was in question. Now, if you watched LSU that year, they underperformed, in my honest opinion. I watched a lot of that LSU team because I wanted Ben Simmons on the Sixers in, 20, in 2016. Um, and, you know, I even think about the big, Matt, the biggest game of the season that year was LSU versus Oklahoma in LSU. Buddy Heald was on Oklahoma at the time, and it was really about Ben Simmons versus Buddy Heald, right? And... Buddy Heald outshined Ben Simmons in that game, and Oklahoma won that game. And I remember thinking to myself, "It's going to be okay. He'll learn from it, right?" You know, Buddy Heald was was on a on a higher trajectory. Buddy, I mean, I thought very highly of Buddy Heald. Honestly, I I, I would have taken Buddy. I would have rather. I would have loved to trade back up there and uh, select a Buddy Heald. But um, that was that was the one game that caught my eye. Um, but then. LSU put themselves in a tough spot where they could not automatically qualify for the NCAA tournament with their regular season record. They were one of those bubble teams. So they went into the SEC championship game needing to win it in order to get into the big dance. And I think they lost in the second round to Texas or the first round to Texas A&M. And it was an embarrassing game. It was really embarrassing. And you all you saw, I remember this vividly. I was at I was at a, a old friend a friend of mine's house. Um, we were in a room just chilling, th uh, three dudes watching Ben Simmons because we all wanted Ben Simmons on the Sixers, and watching him just kind of give up. He looked so uninterested. He literally was just like, "They got it. I'm I'm just I'm going to the NBA next year. What do I care?" And I like literally was concerned. I was like, "You're about to be a top five pick, and you're giving up in the SEC." tournament that definitely rubbed me the wrong way but of course me being a young early 20 year old naive philly sports fan i would just throw in the highlights i would throw on the tape and i would be in awe and i would forget about those little things as i gotten older i matured and i've seen more prospects those little things don't get to me anymore but those are some of the things um what else do we got oh the showtime documentary which was very fantastic by the way i, I don't want to shame on that documentary because I, I thought it was really well done and i thought the message was really really telling obviously in the day and age now where college athletes are going to be allowed to be monetized for their 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 liking as an athlete in college right well that if you didn't watch a showtime documentary definitely you're doing yourself a disservice and please do watch it because it is it is it has a really good message in there but the documentary is really following Ben Simmons through his one year at LSU and how it is t difficult for a pro, uh, pro, well, a, a future pro athlete like Ben Simmons who doesn't understand this whole college thing. 
you know, him coming from Australia, you know, in Australia, you just, you're, if you're good enough, you're going to the pros. You don't need to go through college and then get drafted. Um, and he did, just didn't understand that. And, and just following how, you know, how broke he was, because that's college kids are broke. Let's face it. You know, he, he literally spent money on basic furniture for his apartment at Walmart, and he had no money left for the rest of the week. Now, all, all that is very interesting, but you had one year at LSU. And you were more worried about making a documentary. It's a great message and all, but dude, you missed the NCAA tournament. You're proje- you're pro- pro- projected to be a top five pick in the NBA draft in 2016, and you can't even get this team to the NCAA tournament. But you're out here worrying about documentaries. I'm just saying these are all things that 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 um that caught your eye. And even even the way teams would defend Ben Simmons in college, it was the same thing that teams are doing now. They knew Ben Simmons didn't want to shoot. Ben Simmons in college would drive up to the paint, and, and, and when that lane wasn't there, he would just pass it out. Same thing that he's doing right here in the NBA. And this was, was this was going on in college. At least he was a better free throw shooter. He was, I mean, I don't know how much better. 67% is not that much better. But he was a 67% free throw shooter in college. So obviously the free throws weren't consistent in college as well. So these are all things that we knew back in 2016. And yet we all got bamboozled. Not just me, not just you, not just the Sixers. We all got bamboozled together. Now, the one only positive with Ben Simmons is he has improved his defense. He was a, a, a below average defender in college. Obviously, in the NBA, he's a perennial top all defender in the NBA. That's the one positive. And this one report that I read on Ben Simmons um, draft report, they compared him to Lamar Odom. <laughs> a top pick comparison to Lamar Odom. Would you guys take Lamar Odom on this team right now as one of your key clogs next to Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris? No, I'm not taking that. So it is so disappointing. It is a slap in the face to to be where we're at right now when all these signs were there for us all along. They told us in 2016 that Ben Simmons could not shoot. They told us in 2016 that Ben Simmons did not have did not care enough. They told us in 2016 that his mechanics are not there yet. They told us in 2016 that you should draft Ingram over Ben. Honestly, at this point, I probably would have taken Ingram over Ben. What I know now. Because Ingram has a little bit of dog in him. He's motivated. I do like the way he got traded from the Lakers to the Pelicans, and he's improved his game, and he he's played with an edge, and I absolutely enjoy that as a consumer. I enjoy that. But Ben, no, I don't know what drives Ben. I think what drives Ben is just stature, being a celebrity, being known, being a paparazzi, dating Kendall Jenner. I think that's what drives Ben Simmons. But unfortunately, those type of dudes don't win championships. Those type of dudes have a terrible, terrible reputation. And when they retire, they wind up with a a crap ton of regret. Ben Simmons is 24 years old. He's got plenty of time to change his career around. But how much does he really want this? How much? Because honestly, I don't know how, I don't know if he wants this at all. Honestly. Oh boy. Oh boy. You guys got some good stuff here. Let me see. 
Um, Torres and someone else on the Marlins put the Marlins player one. The umpire had to ask Segura what's going on. <laughs> and it's a great one right now. The Angel, that's why I brought Otani. Okay, that's an interesting series here between the Yankees and the Angels as the Marlins are wheeling and dealing now. <sighs> they just had bases loaded. It looks like, was it Garrett Cooper got an RBI? An RBI single. Joe Girardi is calling into the bullpen. It looks like we're going to get someone in relief for Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola being shaky here in the top of the fifth. Let's see if he can get out of it, but already four earned runs for Aaron Nola. Miguel Rojas, who's a Philly killer in his own right, gets himself an RBI. Oof, an RBI single. Uh, dude, oh, come on, Nick. Fucking dart for that. Garrett Cooper runs it in. Good base running by Garrett Cooper, but now it is 5-4, top of the fifth, and Neftali Feliz is warming up here. Oh, man, it, can, it, can't, it can't get any worse than Monday night. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Go Chelsea. No. Go Everton. Let's go up to Toffees, bro. Reese Hoskins, first base for uh, Grigori so uh, Soto. Left hand, right. A uh, left hand, right pitch. Wait. Left hand, right pitcher. What? Uh, Casey Mize, right hand, shorts. Jose Sinceros. I don't know what you're. Give me one trade at a time, man. Uh, that might be easier. Um, on the Phillies defense, looks like my 14U team. Dude, that is not wrong. That's not wrong. These guys lack fundamentals, and I don't understand how grown men in Major League Baseball lack fundamentals defensively. Nick Maton should have ran that out. I'm just saying. All owners in every city uh, does this. Um, Do they? Do they, though? Like, multiple cities like this? I'm trying to think like some of the big Robert Kraft owns other teams in his own city. I'm fine with that. It's the crossing the markets. Robert Kraft doesn't own the Patriots and um, Toronto FC. You know what I mean? Uh, Magic Johnson owns the Dodgers and LAFC. So um, yes, positive Philly. I do. I do. Uh, what was his three point in those games? Um, I mean, dude, one for three on the whole season. So, <laughs> and his free throw percentage was around 67% in that one year with LSU five, three Philly. It is five, four Phillies now, uh, zero, zero between Montreal and Tampa in game two. Let's go Montreal. I'm rooting for the Canadians as that is now going to tie it up. Aaron Nola has allowed five runs here in this game now. And another start here for Aaron Nola, where we're counting on Aaron to have back-to-back -back solid outings. And unfortunately, we can't have it. Although he's had eight strikeouts tonight. Or is it nine now? We can always check, of course, if my laptop doesn't freeze up here. If my laptop doesn't freeze up here. I think it's the website that's froze up. All right. Uh, end of the first. Let's go Montreal. Yo, fear, fear the no beer. <laughs> I say trade Ben for Dame and Tobias and everything else for Levine, to be honest. Um, I will trade Ben and Tobias for Dame. I would absolutely do that. Do, do, yeah, I would do that deal. Do the deal. Do the deal. 5-4 Phillies. Ugh, I feel you, brother. I feel you. It is rough, man. 
Can the storm come faster to end this before we blow it? We, uh, I think it's five five now. Yeah, five five. Yep. Yeah, man. James Dolan owns the Knicks and the Indians. See, that's not as bad, but that's still kind of bad. And honestly, that doesn't surprise me as who James Dolan is as a person. Man, don't give no craps. He's run both franchises into the grounds. And I don't know how he has. Uh, every now and then, both those teams have good sparks. And I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, I got you. Okay. Reese Hoskins, first baseman for Greg, uh, Gregory Soto, left-hand relief pitcher. Casey Mize, right-hand starting pitcher for Jose Sincero's right-handed pitcher, Detroit Tiger. Isn't Jose young, though? I don't think Detroit's trying to get rid of those young guys out there. I know they're in the little rebuild there. But I think we need a closer. I mean, I know it's hard to – I know it's easier said than done, but what's really what we need? Let me make sure my hat's straight here. Um, Joe should have took uh, Nola out earlier in the inning. I know, but, man, Nola's got to do better there. Nola's got to do better. You're our starting pitcher, dude. You know, at times we call you our ace, and yet you never, you don't step up when we need him. Um, Zach, I guess, you know, go Suns. I, listen, it's hard for me to root for anyone in these playoffs. You know how it is. You know, I was even watching almost a couple playoffs last year after the Union got eliminated. It's tough, man. It's tough to watch. Um, all right, I want to move on to the Philadelphia Flyers because yesterday we had an interesting discussion and I took it to TikTok, and uh, it was interesting what people had to say. Actually, hold on. I, I don't want to ignore TikTok. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, what do you think Devontae Smith is going to be like for the Eagles? I think you asked this yesterday, Logan, and then you came off, you went off. But um, again, Devontae Smith, I think he's going to have a solid year. I don't think it's going to be Justin Jefferson, but I think he's gaining enough, enough chemistry with Jalen Hurts, and I think he's as advertised. Um, I, I know when we think of Heisman Trophy winners, they don't always produce in the NFL. Lately, it feels like they kind of are. But I think Devontae Smith has all the intangibles to be a star player in the NFL. Uh, I, I believe in Nick Sirianni as well. is going to put a good game plan together for not only Devontae and Jalen, but for this entire offense. And I'm excited about Devontae Smith. I think he can be a number one option, but we'll see what he can do for us. Flyers 2012-21, what is going on? What's happening? Hey! Uh, KJ, that's right. Good observation. No, uh, It's a it's a beard. It's just a shadow. <laughs> uh feel bad for nola right now yeah it's it's that's rough. 10 strikeouts yeah 10 strikeouts five uh earned runs man that's that's rough man five runs here and now we got neftali felice here with man's on first and third with two outs aaron can't go th five innings guys yikes that's rough that's rough um, but yeah, let's get to it, guys. So with the Flyers yesterday, you guys did not like my Seth Jones talk. And I get it. Seth Jones looked bad last year. And um, we're kind of in a bad place right now. And I know you guys in the Philly sports fans have been bit enough by star players, uh, a.k.a. Carson Wentz, a.k.a. Ben Simmons, and I guess Reese Hoskins currently right now. Uh, but I don't want a, a Jack Eichel or that type of player here. I don't want to give up a lot for a player that we can't get right now the reason why the Phillies are where we're at because we rushed the process they went and got Bryce Harper as Aaron Nola is is in his head now and he's on the he's in the dugout and he does not look happy as he shouldn't he should not be happy it was definitely a rough outing here tonight but prayers up for Aaron Nola he'll bounce back I have all the faith he'll bounce back but um back to with with Seth Jones here so 
we discussed yesterday. Obviously, you guys didn't like it. You guys want more of a star power, star forward here to, to score you 40, 50 goals. Um, but I was really surprised how much you guys really didn't want that trade to happen. You guys were really against that trade, and I was really surprised by that, honestly. Um, I know you guys think that he sucks, and he did suck last year. I think he was a minus 18 last year. That's pretty bad. Um, but guys, newsflash. The Blue Jackets were terrible last year as a whole. He was playing with no with 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 bad defensemen last year. Average to the bad defensemen last year he was playing with. And not to mention their defensive unit was better than ours. I think they were the 24th ranked defense in the NHL. We were obviously dead last because of course, you know, when you allow back-to-back eight, nine goals to the New York Rangers, you deserve that title. But I don't think he's damaged goal. I'm sorry, damaged goods. I don't think he's damaged goods. He had the similar situation. Uh, the the Jackets had the similar situation they had here in Philadelphia. Just bad defense overall. Um, it was just terrible. But to me, he was still their best defender on a bad team. Now I think we can all agree that majority of teams, even though our defense was terrible. A lot of teams would want Ivan Provorov on their defensive pairings. And I think it's the same thing with Seth Jones. Seth Jones, at one, once upon a time, was considered one of the best young blue line defenders in this league. And he has one bad year, and, and you Flyers fans are off that. You guys forget what he kind of was doing in his career? I don't know, man. He's still well-respected around the league. He, he really is. He really is. But I think that this move will benefit the Flyers more than getting a guy like Jack Eichel here. I've told you guys this Flyers team needs a better mentality. Okay. <laughs> As Neftalia Felice allows a run now. And the Marlins are up, ladies and gentlemen. Six to five. And the bats are still alive for the fish in Philadelphia. Oh, man. Oh, man. This recap is not going to be fun tonight. <laughs> But when I think about the possibility of Seth Jones, I think that it could be a move that would ben- that will work out for both sides. Actually, I don't think it will work out for Columbus. I-, I lie. I lie. But when I think about Columbus, they have no leverage here. Seth Jones wants out. He's got one year left on his deal. And you're rebuilding. We all know you're rebuilding. So I, I- so I-, I, don't- I don't think we're going to have to give up too much for Seth Jones. Now I've saw out there people were throwing Konechny and and um and who was it Shane Gossespierre for Seth Jones. I don't want to do that because to me I think where where I envision as another hit for the Marlins. No, why? This team is absolute pain watch to watch every single fucking night. I'm sorry, I have to curse. Oh, eight to five. The Marlins are up on the fills. They're laughing in your face. Yeah, these old these old farts should be pissed off. As what's his freaking name? Aguilar is now clowning 
above of the away dugout here. This is embarrassing. This is absolutely embarrassing. But let me finish my point before the Phillies make me break my TV here. So, look, I think that we can make a deal work here with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That we don't have to give up too much. I'm not giving up Travis Connecting because when I'm thinking about the Flyers going into next season, the type of team that I want, I believe Travis Connecting fits of what I'm trying to do for this Flyers team next year. I want a faster team. I want a more physical team. I want a team that's going to punish as well. I want a team that's going to be able to compete with the Islanders and the, the and the Lightning. And I think a guy like Seth Jones is going to help us with that. You pair him with 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 Ivan Provorov. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now you guys are also worried about the money. 5.4 million he's owed in his last year, which again, when you sign him for him you can restructure his deal and sign him to a, a long-term deal that will that will be for less money annually you won't you don't have to sign him to a five-year or to a five-year um 30 million dollar deal you don't have to do that but you I mean you could do like a five-year um let's say 15 million dollar deal that could work i think i hit at this point i think at this point he's he's got to have a prove it type of deal because his trajectory is going down. All the people, we do believe in him still. And guys, the salary cap, you got $13 million in the salary cap right now. We are getting rid of Jakob Voracek. Guys, we are getting rid of Voracek. It's going to be okay. I have all the faith in the world that we will get rid of Voracek. I think Seattle's going to do us the favor, and they're going to take the, uh, Haxel's going to take his boy Voracek. We're going to be okay there. That's going to alleviate seven to $8 million right there. We'll be okay. But the priority this offseason, you have to improve the defensive mentality of this team. This blue line needs to improve as well. I think Provi, I think uh, Sanheim, Myers, and of course, Cam York is going to be up here as well next year. I think those four guys are the guys you build around, and then you add Seth Jones, you need one more defender, and then boom, you're good. Find yourself another forward, which you can find anywhere. The guy who could play both ways. And I love this team going into next year. Absolutely love this team. But the other priority, because of that, the other priority needs to be around Carter Hart. We need to put a good team around Carter Hart, guys. Carter Hart is the future. Carter Hart was not the problem last year. And that needs to be the priority of Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers going into this offseason. How do we make Carter Hart's life easier? Because we need him to be the Carter Hart that we we saw. People went after Ian. It's just that we don't need to trade Coots unless. Yeah, I don't need to trade Coots at all. Actually, I don't need to trade Coots. Um, what do you mean, Nolan Patrick? I think Nolan Patrick has been disappointing. If you're asking me, and I've been a Nolan Patrick stand since he got drafted. Tampa Bay just scored one. They're going to win that series. Let's get. Let's face it. They're going to beat the Canadians. Tampa's going to go back-to-back. And after that whole BS with the Jersey rules and and, and Amalia Arena, whatever it's called, Amelia Arena, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Uh, I am Tobias Harris, LOL. We stink. It's hard to argue that one. You just allowed six runs in that inning, and it's now 8-5. to Aaron Nola got rocked again. Ugh. I bought 70 Nolas in MLB The Show four days ago. I don't know what that means. I don't really play video games, but I am so sorry for your loss. 
Um, all right, the last point today, guys, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles as we got some more rumors, more talk. Um, Zach Ertz rumors has arisen again. Looks like uh, Zach to Buffalo looks like it is going to happen according to rumors. Now, look, to be honest, you guys, I've heard Zach Ertz rumors since the season has ended. I don't buy any of it. The fact of the matter, Zach wants to get out. Howie wants an unrealistic uh, offer for Zach Ertz. And teams are just not buying uh, Howie's BS anymore when it comes to negotiations. I don't know how this is, situation is going to end. I just don't envision it ending pretty at all. Bryce, there we go. Nice little single to start off the inning. There you go, Bryce. Get on the get on base there. I like that. I to me, I as the rain is starting to come down in Philadelphia, which will probably be raining soon here as well. But um, I to me, I think you got to get rid of Zach Ertz. I think you just take whatever you can. If someone offers you a six round pick, just freaking take it, Howie. You put yourself in a good situation in next year's draft anyways for you to be freaking out over draft picks. You could potentially have three first-round picks next year. So why are you freaking out over uh, a six-round pick for Zachary? I think teams are willing to give a six-round pick for a, a former uh, Super Bowl-winning uh, tight end. It's really starting to pour in Philadelphia. Fans are starting to uh, vacate the stands. We'll see what they determine here in this game, but they're still playing as Andrew McCutcheon is up to bat. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think for Zach, the best case scenario is Buffalo. I think that's a perfect situation. You play with an up and coming quarterback and Allen. And you got McDermott there as well. I think it's a great situation. You got, it's the closest shot, um, to winning a, a title for him. And the umps looks like they're going to delay this game now. Yep. They're going to delay the game in the bottom of the fifth inning. With the Phillies down eight to five. Oh man, yeah, that was I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. But I don't know. Maybe the Phillies do need this. Maybe the Phillies do need this little rain delay because this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Um, I think Buffalo is the best fit for Zach Ertz. And I think for Buffalo, you got to make that move. You're a tight end away from being a good team. So that brings to my other point with the Eagles. The tight end position is the one position where I have the question marks on offense. I, I believe this offensive line is going to be much better than what we saw last year. I believe Jay, Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback that we need him to be. I believe the receivers are going to be much improved with this young core. Devontae Smith, um, Travis Fulgham, I think, is going to bounce back. Jalen Rager, I think, is going to bounce back as well. I think the running back core is going to be big as well. But the one question mark is a tight end position. And now, if you've watched... Nick Sirianni's offenses over the past couple of years. Um, he's done solid jobs with guys like Jack Doyle, uh, Eric Ebron. Um, he, he was with Antonio Gates, Hunter, Hunter Henry. So he knows tight ends. Okay. I think he was actually, was he with Tony Gonzalez? No, I don't think he was with Tony Gonzalez. I think that's a little bit too far off, but um, yeah, the guys definitely stay dry at citizens bank. It is definitely is poor. I did not see that coming uh, tonight, but, the tight end position is the one position where I have question marks here, and I think it's going to be an important position in this Nick Sirianni offense. Now, Dallas Goddard, if Zach Ertz is in fact going to leave, um, I will say that Dallas Goddard has not been the player that I thought he would be. When we drafted him, I, I literally envisioned like the, the Patriots offense with um, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. I was like, we're going to have our double tight ends that are just absolutely abused linebackers and secondary. 
and we really haven't gotten that like the thing is is that we haven't been able to get both those guys healthy on the field together but even so like goddard's been like an average tight end in in this league and this is a big big year for dallas goddard we're talking about contract year here for dallas goddard as he's entering his last year of his rookie deal so i'm really curious to see what dallas does is he going to ball out and is he going to play for that contract if that if if he does step up and he becomes a Pro Bowl type of player, like I expected him to be, man, this offense is gonna be dangerous. And watch out. And I think that with the type of player that Jalen Hurts is, I'm real I really like it. And then of course we got Jack Stoll, who has been impressed who impressed in minicamp. Now, from what I'm hearing, Jack is more of the old school type of tight end. He's a block first type of dude. Um, but he's got some short hands though. And of course, Dallas is the more athletic guy who's going to get those make those big plays for you. So honestly, this tight end position is definitely a big question mark. And I'm not buying any Zacherts rumors until I actually see it because we've seen this countless of times. You know, there's a, Zach Ertz is going to Indy. Zach Ertz is going to Buffalo. Um, Zach Ertz is still in Philadelphia, and Howie still doesn't want to get rid of him because Howie's being Howie, and Howie is being greedy as per usual. Just get rid of him. Like the dude has done everything you've asked of him. He brought you a Super Bowl. He it was a big part of that Super Bowl winning team. He gave you all those years. Just let him go win somewhere else. He's not part of our future. He's not part of our future. So just let let him go. All right, guys, that's another episode of Oin Philly Sports. I want to thank you guys for tuning on in. Um, hopefully the Phillies do come back soon enough as we have a little rain delay. Now we got Phillies clubhouse watching Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski, we need you to talk to us. What is going on with our Phillies? We need a presser, Dave. Come on. Seriously, thank you so much for tuning on in, ladies and gentlemen. Do not forget to like this live and make sure you subscribe to El Parcero Phillies YouTube channel. And as well, make sure you guys do subscribe to Oid Philly Sports. This is your show for everything Philadelphia sports from the Eagles, the Sixers, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Philadelphia Union. It is all Philly sports here. Make sure you subscribe wherever you stream podcasts from Apple, Google, and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys to enjoy the rest of your night. Let's go, Phils. Please come back and do this, please. Uh -huh.